when you're stressed and you're living in this heightened mode that we were talking about, your gut shuts down. And basically, even if I gave you a really beautiful, healthy kale salad and you eat it and you're all stressed out, it's not going to have the same effect on the body. You're not going to be able to digest it as well. You're not going to absorb the nutrients. So I think a lot of people don't quite understand that. I think they still feel like they can live this stressed life, but eat really healthy and be just fine. And some people can, but some people can't. When cancer enters your life, things get real very quickly. Today I'm speaking with Alyssa Goodman, holistic nutritionist, cleanse expert, and author of Cancer Hacks. Following her own experience in 1992 with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and her husband's death 11 years later from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Alyssa turned to the study of holistic nutrition as a journey to healing for herself and her young daughters. That path led her to reinvent herself at age 50 when she launched a successful nutrition enterprise in which she works with cancer patients and others. Alyssa talks about her belief that we can all participate in our own holistic healing by incorporating a spiritual practice and attending to the body's nutritional needs by eating whole foods. I'm Diane McDaniel, and this is Real Cancer. Thank you, Alyssa, for coming in today to talk with me. Let's begin with having you tell your story of how you got on the path of becoming a holistic nutritionist. Wow. It's, it's so wonderful to be here, I have to tell you. Um, I'm always honored to be able to talk on podcasts. I love them. And to be able to tell my story and then also hopefully to be able to help somebody. Oh, thank you, know, you so much for coming in. It's such a long story. <laughs> Do we have a long time? Really, growing up, I was never a healthy kid. And I came into the world, I think, with a really low immune system. And so I was always sick, as well as my parents were very type A, very motivated, very successful. So I had two things going on as I look back on my life is I always I got mono and tonsillitis and strep and digestive issues. I mean, every illness out there, I would get chicken pox or Also, my mind was so stressed because I was trying to keep up with these two parents who I adore, Mm -hmm. but were really, you know, on the fast track. And because I wasn't really, uh, like my immune system wasn't as strong, I was, because I was on that fast track, I was always getting sick. But I stayed on it not knowing any different. And I graduated from college and went to New York and went on the fast track because I was bound and determined to have my parents feel really happy about you know the success that I would create for myself. And the same thing kept happening. Lots of illnesses, oh, chronic fatigue, just really, really tired. And But I ate really bad, shitty, lots of caffeine, lots of sugar. By the way, my mom took sugar out of our house when we were little, so I couldn't get enough of it mm-hmm. after that. So right. whoever is listening, maybe don't do that as much um, because it I can... I actually had the same experience. My mom went all natural and there was no sugar. And as soon as I got into college, I was like, where is the cake? Right. <laughs> exactly. So you know, you can relate to that. Late nights, a lot of drinking, you know, just really not lifestyle, so stressed. Then I got married and my husband... I said to him, I just can't see myself commuting into the city. That seems even more stressful to work. And living here and having kids seemed 
didn't really seem like my thing. So I said, we're moving west. And the funny thing is, New Jer- he goes, New Jersey? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had never been to L.A. But the next thing I knew, his job did relocate him to L.A., so we got really lucky. But then came to L.A., I ended up landing a dream job, Vogue magazine. I was in the marketing advertising business. Like three months into the job, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. So it was a massive wake-up call. And the, I think the accumulation of all those years of not feeling well and all the issues and ailments and bad sleep and stress just came to the cancer diagnosis. The wake-up call was, wow, my life isn't working. Mm-hmm. And I realized um, when I went to talk to the doctors about what my treatment was, two of them scared me to death. And it was like, you got to freeze your eggs because you had not had kids yet chemo, radiation, um, we might even have to do a bone marrow transplant. And this was even before they had even staged me. Right. So it's like, I really don't love the way doctors can talk to patients. Right. Um, they put Right. They put you in a fear-based mode. Um, and I was already terrified. So the third doctor I went to see in Santa Monica at St. John's, he's, you know, that's when it was staged. And he said, it's an early stage. I think that let's sit down and talk about your life. Hmm. Like, wow, okay. are you, isn't so that amazing? You met an amazing doctor there. I did. Yeah. He was, I'll never forget him. He said, you look stressed. You don't look happy. Let's talk about all that. And I burst into tears and I was like, I'm so unhappy. My job is not the dream job I thought it was. Moving to LA has not been so easy because mm-hmm. it's, you know, everybody's so spread out and, and all our friends are in New York. And I'm really not happy. And it's, I, so he said, I think we can like deal with this without doing chemo. Mm-hmm. I was scared of the chemo because of not having the kids yet. Yeah. And in those days, chemo was a little different than it is today. Sure. So, and he said, maybe, you know, you'll not have to do all of the radiation. So I took his recommendations and I actually found a doctor closer to me, which was more West Hollywood. And found somebody who believed in what he said and I did have the radiation and at that time I decided I got to change my life and I went into therapy because I my toxic body toxic mind I knew that both those things were working and I think that's a huge part of cancer is the mind um, as Mm -hmm. much as the body then I started juicing because there was Beverly Hills juice at that time and then I, Mrs. Gooch's, I was in heaven, but I became a vegetarian, vegan, not a healthy one, mm-hmm. but I did yoga and I tried to meditate, devoured self-help books. And I think all of that really did help me. I've, you know, been cancer-free since that day, since And, and when, when was that? When, that was 1992, was that? so it's been a long time. Yeah. I was 32. Wow, 57 now. Yeah. And then I went on to have kids. And, you know, lost a little of that healthy lifestyle, of course. And my husband was diagnosed with cancer 11 years later. Mm. And it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. That was terrifying as well, like mine. But I thought he would get through it because I got through it. Yeah. But he was, his was a farther along. And I think, you know, I'm not sure because I wasn't really in his body and in his mind, but I think he was, he didn't think he could overcome this. Mm-hmm. After time, after a year of it coming back, each time he was treated, he had a bone marrow transplant and then it came back. Mm. And then he did another bone marrow transplant and it came back. So he went through a lot. A lot. And his body could not handle anymore. So a year and a half after the diagnosis, 
he passed away of fungal pneumonia. So I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I've got a 10 and a 7-year-old at home whose parents, both parents had cancer. I was terrified. Like, these girls are gonna are traumatized, not only because their dad died, but they knew their mom had cancer. Mm-hmm. And also, like, what was I going to do to help with the trauma and the PTSD of all this? As well as for all three of us know how to, like, get healthy and get us out of the mindset that we were living in this maybe cancer mm-hmm. and and did world. you did you see that in them yes yeah they were as time went on they talked about it it took me about 2 years to kind of come out of the fog and then i went back to school to an integrative um, nutrition school of and they did eastern and western nutrition it was so fabulous cuz i got to learn east i got to learn chinese Ayurvedic, um, flower essence remedies, herbal remedies, supplements, Western diets, indigenous diets all over the world. Um, it was a program here in Los Angeles, and it was really fabulous. And I I learned so much from that. And I started helping them, and they went into therapy, and we all reached out for help in terms of the trauma and the PTSD and all of that. And then I got hired by Cafe Gratitude, a vegan restaurant here to create their cleanse. So I kind of got into this whole cleansing world. Um, I and got could you just tell, tell us what, what does that mean? What yeah. is a, what is a cleanse? And I, I mentioned that you were a holistic nutritionist. Yeah. So maybe you could do both of those. Things. So I'm actually I'm a I'm a holistic nutritionist and a cleanse expert these days. And it's funny, because I never thought I would be have gone down this route. But Cafe Gratitude hired me to do a five-day cleanse in M Cafe in Erewhon. And what it was in in those days is that it was a v- raw food, um, juices, salads, soups, but they were all cold, raw, you know, vegan for Cafe Gratitude. M Cafe is macrobiotic restaurant, so it was more, there was cooked and raw, which is more how I eat. Mm-hmm. And Erewhon was all raw as well. So... I handheld these cleansers. It was a five-day cleanse for all of these programs. And I learned so much about what works and what doesn't work for these people. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer, and I still am today, that cleansing on just juices or just water fasts is not the best thing for the body. It all I mean, everybody's different, mm-hmm. but um, I think all those people that were on the raw vegan cleanses that had cancer or autoimmune or any kind of serious health issue... It was not healthy for them. Hmm. They really crashed and burned without like some guidance and help. Really, it was rough. That cold raw food for them just sent their immune system into overdrive. Hmm. So they were able to to do it, but it just didn't have a good result. Yeah, hmm. and some couldn't finish it. Really, I was either peeling them off the ceiling or off the floor. Then I created a do-it-yourself online cleanse. And actually now for two and a half years, I've been doing a soup cleanse that I cook and deliver, not personally, but Mm -hmm. I have some people to about 42 people twice a month in LA. And it's soups and salads and a gut tonic and a protein bar and fermented veggies and lattes and pumpkin seeds and hemp seeds and digestive enzymes and and a lot of help with the whole program so it's like i'm a big believer in Mm anti-inflammatory foods and in five days you can change your body and they i watch these people 
sleep better, have more energy, have less digestive issues, their mood is better, they lose weight. I mean, right. you can regenerate in five days. So the cleansing is about food, it's about real food, and it's about lowering the inflammation in your body and seeing how you feel. And you can do that so easily. I think people feel like it's such a roll, like rolling a you know, a big boulder up the hill mm-hmm. to change their... Well, I think that uh, with some help from someone who has all the... who can kind of bring you all of the supplies and... because um, it might be that people don't have those things in their closets. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it is. But I, I try to teach people that, you know, just taking the infl- inflammation out mm-hmm. of their system, like the dairy and the gluten and the sugar. I mean, not everybody is gluten intolerant, but it is... it's inflammatory Um, and the GMO stuff and processed foods which we all like a lot of us know not everybody knows so um, makes a world of difference I mean I never dreamed I'd be doing this for a living ever never I didn't get into the didn't go to the school to do this I got into this school as I was saying to help my family Mm -hmm. and now I have to say that the family has never been better. And I have never felt better in my entire life. I mean, I just pinch myself that I get to do this. And I get to help people, even if it's one person or just a little, get them a little better on track. I feel like I was surviving my life. I was not thriving. I didn't even know what that meant. Right. I was just okay with being okay. Yeah. And now I'm thriving and I'm like, oh my God, how did I live all those years just surviving? And being okay. So tell me a little bit about your clients. Um, Who are they and how do you work with them? Are are many of them cancer patients, primarily cancer? I have many cancer patients. Um, I have a lot of autoimmune. I would say like, I would say 40% are cancer. Then, you know, there's a quite a large number of auto, maybe the same with autoimmune because mm-hmm. I have Lyme and Hashimoto's and lupus and diabetes and they're pretty hardcore cases. Right. And um, and then I have cholesterol and all of that. I don't get a lot of people who just want to lose weight. If right. they want to lose weight, I do get people with sleep issues and hormone issues, but if they want to lose weight, they usually do the soup cleanse mm-hmm. or they'll do my M cafe cleanse, which I'm still involved with. But I think that people are attracted to me energetically because I am so, I am on a mission mm-hmm. to get to the root cause of why this person has cancer and why this person has autoimmune issues. Um, I'm not interested in just like kind of band-aiding the situation. Um, I am not a doctor though, and but I have dealt with a lot of these things for myself and for right. clients, and I've devoured everything I could devour, um, but I still don't have all the answers. So if somebody comes to you and says, I have uh, this, this particular issue, how do you begin to work with that person? Great question. Someone was asking me that this morning. Um, a doctor, she was like, "How do you get to, you know, how do you find out what the root it mm-hmm. causes?" And what I've learned is, um, I asked the clients, you know, do you remember what your birth was like? Was your, you know, when you, did your mom have you natural childbirth, mm-hmm. C-section? Um, did she breastfeed you? How long? A lot of people don't remember, but right. some do. Um, did you come into a loving, nurturing environment when you were born? What was family life like? Mm-hmm. I think all of those things set us up for where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, life can change and we can come into a world that isn't safe and then 
create a world that is safe. But right. most, I would say, almost 100% of my cancer clients had trauma in their early years. Hmm. The first seven years of your life, your subconscious is fully downloaded. And you and I sitting here today, we operate 95 to 98% out of our subconscious. Hmm. We're only like barely 5% conscious, which is something I learned just a few years ago and I was like really blown away. So that's why I asked these people about those early years and they all had major trauma. Hmm. And when you go into trauma, you put your central nervous system in overdrive and we can't feel it. So we don't know. And then we're just like used to living that way, right? We're just, um, are used to, being fearful, being anxious, remembering trauma that's in our body and in our cells. And um, and then I'll ask them how, what their health issues have been like and mm-hmm. have they had a lot of health issues and a lot of antibiotics and, and their eating habits and all that. So, And I feel like I'm most of the time, not all, but able to like go, ooh, that seems like something that is is really been traumatic. There was a woman that came to see me, a great example, and she had fibroids in her uterus. And every time she went, she was really go-getter, like very successful woman. And every time she went on a raw, raw diet, the fibroids would shrink. Mm -hmm. And then when she went back to normal eating, they'd come back and she was trying to get pregnant. So it was, and so we sat with each other and I was like, I just kept feeling like she had trauma at Mm -hmm. some so I didn't pinpoint it. I've been working with energy healers. I've also loved that uh, for 10 years after my husband passed away because I had a lot of trauma growing up. And the, some of these healers are really magnificent at helping you sort of cut the cord mm. to a lot of that because um, I think it's hard to, hard to do. I think that's really important as well because that was part of my toxic mind. But she went to see the healer. Long story short, the healer found out and she remembered the woman that her mother was, had what she was in the mother's womb. Her mom was on her way to get an abortion mm-hmm. and ended up not getting an abortion. And this girl remembered her mom telling her that. Wow. And that was so traumatic for her that yeah. there was a correlation between these fibroids and her getting pregnant and her, you know, just that whole energy right. cycle that had taken place. There's many stories like that. It's like, Wow. Hmm. So, and someone who was diagnosed with Crohn's who went to see the healer and found out, then she said, I don't think this girl has Crohn's. It's her family life. It's so stressful. Hmm. And she went to see another doctor and she didn't have Crohn's. Wow. She was misdiagnosed. So there's, I think that that's really, I think what's my practice is leading to is like trying to tap into the trauma or PTSD that people have that they're living with that... I think that I had that I think that really creates havoc on our, mm-hmm. you know, keeping us calm and being able for the body to regenerate, rejuvenate, right? Really sleep properly. Right. And so then you you develop sort of a treatment plan based on those insights that you've gained. Yeah. Then I do. Um, I'm a. I love supplements. I don't. I don't like to overdo them, but I'm really a snob when it comes to the kinds of supplements. And there's a lot of great stuff for anxiety or calming the central nervous system down. And and then I give them a food plan. Mm-hmm. I definitely tell them how to eat, what to eat. Everybody's so different, right? You know, because some people are love paleo and some are vegans. And 
So it just depends on where they're at and and how they're feeling about not eating meat or eating meat and right right so everybody it's all very different and then i just monitor them and and i do send a lot of them to my healers um because i feel like that is you know they come in their body is on one side of the couch and the the head is on the other i mean Mm. i've experienced it myself and i still do i still feel at times out of body Yeah. yeah so i try to connect them and get them into some spiritual practice where they, we were talking earlier, where they believe they can heal. Mm -hmm. I think everybody can heal. I'm just right now on a mission to heal from my hypothyroidism Hashimoto's, Mm -hmm. which I've had for 21 years. And I, and I went off my medication about a year ago, a little Mm -hmm. over a year ago. And, um, I have, I mean, I feel fantastic, but when I go get the blood work done, it looks, I mean, it's, my blood work is like off the charts high in terms mm. of my numbers. Right. And it was like, wow, that's weird. Cause how the, the blood work looks like someone couldn't get out of bed. Wow. Yeah. So, uh-huh. and just going back to, um, the cancer patients, are there any practices that you specifically or especially recommend for people living with cancer? Yes. There are quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book called Cancer Hacks last year, and it was really my story and my husband's story. What I was just talking about, I think, for cancer patients, which is huge, is the trauma and the um, trying to get in touch with the toxic mind. I think cancer and all these health issues are are wake-up calls and the body telling us, you know, things aren't working. Louise Hay is do you know who she is she oh my god she's amazing her book is called um i'm trying to think of her book it's about the mind and the body in terms of what what things aren't working and why you're not healing and she does a lot with cancer clients Mm -hmm. and it is very much related to the toxic mind Mm -hmm. feeling like you're not good enough feeling all these you know years or having to keep up or just you know all the thoughts that go through our head that kind of really damper our ability to heal Mm -hmm. the mind is I think for me and my husband we were very toxic Mm -hmm. and that was huge for me to get in touch with Mm -hmm. um, and what was causing me to not be happy and not be calm I wasn't calm. I never, I never lived a calm life. I was always, I was very anxious. Right, your description of yourself, very mm-hmm. fast-paced. Very so. fast-paced, yeah. very trying to keep up with the Joneses. There was no calm in my life at, at all. Mm-hmm. And even when I, you know, even my exercise was not calm. It was like doing some, you know, Barry's boot camp or right. spin class. Or it was all like, just got to keep going. And I think that does the number on people with cancer and in the fear of like somebody saying to you you have cancer is is so detrimental on the body and then someone saying that you might not recover or you know the chances of the cancer coming back or all these things Mm. that um, I feel for cancer patients are such a disservice because I absolutely in 100% every part of my body believes that if you want to heal there's there's a great book called Radical Remission by mm-hmm. Alyssa Rankin. Yep. And she has done studies in medical universities all over the country and talks about how people with cancer have gotten for treatments but haven't gotten the treatments and 
and their tumors have shrunk or, you know, they heal. Yeah. So there is something to that placebo effect. Right. And Radical Remission, one of my favorite books of yeah. all time in the last few years for cancer patients, I recommend that to everybody. Well, it is in part your own story. I mean, yeah. you did do some of the treatment that was recommended for you, but you didn't take a, a really traditional path, or at least the path that was initially recommended to you. Absolutely. And I think that path can be detrimental, but it also is scary for someone to make those choices when the doctor's saying, do this. And, but you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to try, you know, de-stressing and changing my food habits. And Yeah. Can you tell us, a, uh, maybe, a, you know, keeping people's privacy, of course, but like a standout moment or a standout story of uh, somebody who you've worked with, maybe somebody with cancer, or since you work with a variety of different people who have different kind of illnesses? You know, sitting with people, one woman... She was older. She had the breast cancer come back for the second time. And the doctor was like, you know, we're just going to keep you on this drug um, and you'll probably have to do it for the rest of your life. And she didn't want to do that. Um, I'm never advocate for people to go off their drugs or their, their meds. But we put her on like a really, really healthy eating regime. We worked on rebuilding her gut also, she went and saw the healer and started a spiritual practice. And her numbers hadn't been looking so great. Mm-hmm. So, but after like really six weeks, the doctor was like, What are you doing? She was also juicing. Mm-hmm. I'm a big juice advocate, green juices, but I'm also don't believe in going and buying cold pressed juices mm-hmm. or making juices with a lot of fruit. Because right. the sugar is... And, and what is it about the, the juicing of, uh, I imagine, mostly green vegetables that uh, you feel is so important? It is the nutrient quality and quantity in that juice. If you juice it yourself, that's that's the whole, like, really it's behind... fresh. Yeah. yeah. You juice it yourself and drink it right away because if things sit for a while, you do lose the nutrient value. You take a whole head of kale and juice it, or a whole head of romaine, or spinach, and there's so many great, but it's very concentrated, so that I feel like it goes into the bloodstream, and it's vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and polyphenols, and like there's so many nutrients and the mineral mm-hmm. value of it, it goes right into the bloodstream and it goes right into the cells because it doesn't have to go through the digestive tract, mm-hmm. and it's a blood tonic, so it cleans your blood. And it's a liquid vitamin, and it goes to a cellular level, which I think is the key. Um, So she was doing that as well, which is funny to get someone in her 60s to be juicing. And her all her numbers had come down, and the doctors lowered her meds and are thinking maybe she can even go off. So that was pretty amazing to have someone in that age be able to change their ways. Yeah, and to have that kind of uh, impact and story of hope. Yeah. I just, yeah, I feel like, like I said earlier, I mean, I just, I have seen so many people recover from things. And if you just do give them hope, it's huge. You've mentioned a few times about the spiritual aspect. So I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. What what role do you see that playing? And how does it sort of pair up with the nutrition, the, the um, approach to using nutrition to heal yourself? 
This, I mean, the spiritual practice is huge because I think if you believe in a higher power that they're taking, someone's taking care of you, someone's watching over you, whoever it is, you know, I'm not that religious. So mm-hmm. it's whoever you feel is really taking, taking care of you and that you are going to be safe and you're going to, like I said, heal. Um, if you, if you follow that practice or just or sit in a period of gratefulness, like, wow, I am who I am. I don't want to be anybody else. And I'm here today living. Mm-hmm. And I get to make choices of what I want to do, what I don't want to do. I mean, it's such a huge gift we're given right. to even be here and be doing what we're doing. So that causes the body to relax. Mm. And calm down. And it's a big thing for the central nervous system. So I think that then, on top of that, if you do practice that kind of um, living, then you, when you're stressed out, your digestive system shuts down. So, you know, your digestive system is your core for your immunity and your mood and, Mm. and everything. It's your center. It's your gut feelings. You know, it's like what you tap into to know which decision to make, right, right or wrong, right? So when, you, when you're stressed and you're living in this heightened mode that we were talking about, your gut shuts down. And basically, even if I gave you a really beautiful, healthy kale salad and you eat it and you're all stressed out, it's not going to have the same effect on the body. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to digest it as well. You're not going to absorb the nutrients. So I think a lot of people don't quite understand that. Mm-hmm. I think they still feel like they can live this stressed life, but eat really healthy and be just fine. And some people can, right? but some people can't. Might as well just you know, not totally go have a burger, but you know, it's like if you're happy you're having a burger, you know, just it's like it's all about in the old days. You know, it's so funny to say old days, but you'd sit down with a family dinner at a you know, and you your mom cooked a meal for you, and she cooked it mostly out of love, hopefully, you know, and you could sit down and relax and eat. Mm. We don't do that so much today. On the go, right? And it was that is huge. That, that just that whole practice of relaxing and giving your body that chance to, to, to really chill out and then to be able to absorb nutrients from healthy food is, I think, the real ticket to yeah. success. Yeah, it's uh, it's ironic. So many of the treatments that you have to endure when you are... Um, uh, trying to fight your cancer are kind of the opposite in terms of really heightening your your stress and your feeling of, of vulnerability. Exactly. And that's what I, you know, even with autoimmune issues that when you go in and you get diagnosed and the doctor's like, oh, your body's attacking itself. Mm-hmm. That's just, you walk out going, wow, my body's attacking itself. Yeah. I don't believe that. I believe your body is trying to fend off mm-hmm. like the cancer, you know, trying to kill the cancer or it's trying to kill the virus in your in your organs for autoimmune like it's it's trying to help you right you talked about the the genesis of this work what keeps you motivated to keep doing it that one's easy <laughs> uh, because you know when i get to see people heal like i was just talking about with the with the woman i was mentioning or 
Anybody who feels better after doing even a short protocol and feels like they can take back their health and really get back in their body, I see a world of, their whole world changes. I mean, their relationships change, their job might change, the feeling about themselves changes. And um, that is the biggest gift ever, to watch someone walk through my door and be like, I don't even recognize them Mm. from the day, the minute I met them. It's like, they're a different person because they feel back in the driver's seat, they're in control and they're owning their health and they're thriving. And it's like, wow. That it's it's such a beautiful thing, and it's to I I never dreamed I could be able to do this, and like be able to help people right, in this it's way. Certainly a, a real change from the girl who you felt you were growing up. It it's like opposite. You felt very um, not in control of your destiny, and really trying to keep up with somebody else's idea. Or an idea that you had internalized from somebody else. Absolutely. I mean, I like I said earlier, I'm 57, and I didn't really start feeling this way till I have to say maybe two years ago I started thriving. So it was 55 years of living like that. Um, Even when I was practicing the nutrition, it's been six years, but still not feeling fantastic Mm -hmm. like I do today. But um, so it's been a lot of years in the in the making and and working on it so yeah it's a hard question to answer with any certainty but um how do you believe that the experience of going through cancer yourself and your husband's death from cancer has shaped your outlook on life well i feel incredibly grateful to be here and i think that like you were saying, I was a girl that was very pessimistic, negative, not in control, a bit of a mess most of my life to a person because of all these experiences that feels super, super calm most of the time. Calm amongst the storm, I say, because life is still stormy. Of course. And this peacefulness in my heart that I never dreamed I could have is like I... I have to pinch myself every day. I'm like, wow, I I can't believe that I have this peace. No matter what happens today, yes, I'll, you know, if something happened to my girls or my loved ones or my friends, I would be a mess, and I still am, but I just wouldn't react the same way I used to. So those experiences, I'm thankful for the cancer. I'm not thankful that my husband passed away, but I'm thankful for all the hard times Mm-hmm. because they really did shape me and they they made me wake up. I mean, I had to, there was a lot of wake-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad it had to be so many um, all through my life. But that was, you know, that's what I say to people. Like, people are like, oh, why do I have to go through this again? Why do I have to, you know? And I'm like, man, I couldn't feel your pain because I feel like there was things happening yearly, like that were just traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I am really thankful that that's not the same course of action that I'm on, the same life right. that I'm living. H- hard times can can really cr- crush some people. They can't recover. What do you think made the difference for you? Boy, I think growing up, my dad always said to me, um, he was an optimist, and he always said that 
you really, you know, you, you are an optimist, even though I didn't believe it. And you are really strong and you can do anything you put your mind to. I remember sitting, having these conversations with him many times. I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. There's not a part of me that believed it, but I do, you know, I think that I do now I sit and think about those conversations and I realize, well, I was always a fighter. Mm -hmm. Um, not always probably the most positive best fighter, but so I think the, the, just that fighting attitude and, and him saying, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to was pretty powerful. And that's what really got me through it all. His message really resonated with you years later. Completely, completely. And I, I, you know, you come into the world and that's why I ask clients a lot of times, and I know I'm not a therapist, but you come in as who you are. And I think when I came in, I, I had this feeling like always growing up, even though life was pretty like magnificent, but I, but spiritually and internally, I knew things could be better. Like I knew something wasn't right always, but I didn't know how, didn't even know how to put that into words. Right. So I think that most of us or Maybe all of us come in with knowing what we want out of our life or knowing that, you know, the path that we're on is not good or is good. So, mm-hmm. but over the years, we lose touch with the people that we get involved with or people coming into our lives that are like, no, you shouldn't feel that. Or mm-hmm. no, it's not about that, even though you feel it is. I, that was such a eye opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can sometimes be hard to to uh, listen to that voice or to to uh, even hear the voice. Right. Because your intuition is intact when you come in and your instincts are really high and they and your instincts and your intuition always know best. You know, whenever I had, I was working with somebody, one of my healers, and he said, I want you for two weeks to not follow your intuition or your instincts. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, how the hell do I do that? And I, so I tried it. I couldn't go two weeks. I mean, after five days, I was a mess. (laughs) He said, I want you to do opposite of what your instincts tell you. So, you know, so you kind of will hone in on. So you can listen to yourself a little bit more. It was the worst exercise ever. (laughs) (laughs) But it was probably very good. But it was impactful. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think back on what's happened in your life that brought you to this place, what do you understand to be the meaning of your story or the lesson of your story? How do you make sense of what happened to you? I feel like the lesson is, like I think just what I was saying too, your instincts and your intu- intuition is always right. Yours is different from anybody else's, but it is when you tap into listening to yourself, you are always, always right. So... That was huge because growing up, it was basically I would feel bad or I'd feel something and, you know, the family or friends would say, no, you you shouldn't feel that way. And that isn't how it is. And but my experience was was what it was. So it was a horrible feeling, you know, thinking, wow, am I crazy? Mm -hmm. So I think that the experience this whole experience has made me realize like I'm not crazy and my intuition and my instincts for me are really right on. And um, once I grasp that, I, I realized that, well, life has a whole store 
available to me, which I felt very limited Mm -hmm. prior to all of this. Like anything's possible. So it's my fact that the instincts and intuition and the healing, I think everybody and anybody can heal. I think that any healing is possible. And that the third thing is that, you know, life can always be better. Mm. You can, you can make a, you know, you can change your life, even if you're 60, even if you're 70, Mm. I think at any stage in your life, I mean, I reinvented myself at 50, never thinking, never having any skills on this set. I just think that that's the hopefulness and feeling of what life has to offer out there is is huge and I think people feel so limited and scared and and that was me yeah well thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story it's really uh, inspiring story of hope so thank you thank for sharing you. thank you for having me that's it for today's episode Thank you, Alyssa, for talking with me about your experience with cancer and your work as a holistic nutritionist. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know why you listened and what you like about The Real Cancer Podcast. Please rate the show and leave a review on iTunes. If you haven't yet, subscribe to Real Cancer on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Real Cancer on Twitter at RealCancerPod and reach us at realcancerpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel.